What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Crazy Face Uno podcast. I am excited to have my guest with me this today. Her name is Annie Elias. Yes. Hello. And welcome, Annie. I'm so glad you're here. You are so welcome, and I am so happy to have you. Uh, just a little bit about you that I know. Uh, you work in special education. Mm-hmm. Seems to be a theme with yes. my guests lately. <laughs> um, you're a single mom. Yes. Recently divorced. Yes. You are a mother of two. Yes. And that's where I'm going to start. Okay. Start and stop. Yeah. That's one that's of the a things. Nutshell. Yeah. And one of the things I love to ask right out of the gates, because I think it's like perspective, right? Like is what are three things that you think people should know about you? Oh, that is intriguing. Um, it kind of gives us a little idea. Yeah, time, I think no uh, three things. One would be I'm determined. Mm. I'm motivated. Yes, you are. And I'm a helper. Determined, motivated, and a helper. Yeah. I love it. And okay. I would definitely agree that all those things, like those like... <laughs> Are like spot on. I would agree. Okay. Uh, so let's just get into it. Okay. Let's start from the beginning. Okay. Like you're from Minnesota, right? I am. Yeah. So Born and I saw. Yeah, you went to White Bear Lake. I did. Which I is like right next door to where you know, yep. like where you work. Yeah. Um, and so what was that experience like? From like, well, maybe just talk like about just your life starting out, like how. Sure. Um, like how you got to special education and sure. teaching. Because I think that I don't really know this story, but I know that it, it's all going to come full circle here, I think. so. Yeah, it, um, it kind of took me a while to figure out what I wanted to do. Sure. I, uh, when I graduated high school, I went to Winona State University. Okay. So that's two hours south mm-hmm. from the Twin Cities. And um, I was going to do elementary education. Okay. So education was always kind of like... Yep. I always wanted to be a teacher. When I was a little girl, I would set up all my stuffed animals on the couch, and I would make all my Berenstein Bears books. One was science, one was math, one was reading, and I would have a chalkboard. Yeah. Yeah. I set it all up. I always wanted to be a teacher. That's awesome. Um, And so uh, when I went to Winona State, I only took like the gen ed... Mm-hmm. requirements. Sure. I didn't do any elementary ed yet. Yeah. And so, <clears throat> excuse me. So I took a sign language class mm. and I fell in love. Yeah. And I thought, what can I do with this? And I went to my advisor and she said, well, you can be an interpreter and you can go to St. Paul College or you can go to St. Kate's University. I applied to both. I got into both. St. Paul College is cheaper. Sure. So I went there. I transferred out of Winona State, moved back in with my parents for a few months. Then I moved into Minneapolis with a friend of mine and uh, went to St. Paul College, got my interpreter degree. Yeah. I applied at 916 because I knew I wanted to do education. Yep. I still wanted to do education. Mm-hmm. Um, and I applied for a six-hour-a-week job at 916. <laughs> they called me. Right before school started, and they asked me if I wanted full-time. Mm. And I interviewed 
got in. You were like, yes, please. Yes, please, <laughs> right? I was like, yeah, I'll take my chances six hours a yeah. week. I heard great things about 916. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry, excuse me. You're okay. And um, so I interpreted an education for three years. I never got nationally certified. Yeah. It wasn't wasn't meant to be, I don't think. Yeah. Um, certification was really challenging. Right. They were I've still heard trying that. I've heard to it's fi- like quite the process, right? It really is. So you get so you go you take this test and the test I mean, if you're interpreting sign language, everything is all about your body. Mm-hmm. And so you have to videotape From, yourself. Like, the like face stuff. Yes, like, all the you, like, facial the expressions. Or, like, there's yes, different things. Absolutely. We had a program at my college and I like know I know a little bit about it just because of that, but I don't really know like the ins and outs. But I watched yeah. them because we had chapel because it was a okay. private Christian school, and they would like interpret. That was how they got their hours, and they had ah, to like cycle through, and everybody had their different things. So I had friends that were in the program. And... Oh, that's cool. Not many people really understand like what goes into interpreting yeah. sign language, and that's really neat that you know that. Well, and they video it just like you were talking about. Like they video their you know, them interpreting. And so then they critique it and yep. they go through the whole thing. And yep. it's a doggy dog world. And it very is. Yeah, harsh, you but video- like- I, oh my gosh. The training program, you have to get very used to watching yourself on video. Yeah. And it's, it's a vulnerable feeling. Mm-hmm. Like, well, and they would do the, the videotaping. They would do different, you yes. know, they yeah. would do that just in their regular, mm-hmm. regular, regularly. Yes. Uh, like videotape themselves, like practicing and doing right. different things. And, and this was back in um, like 2003 to 2005. So mm. this was um, really before flash drives. Yeah. And before, I mean, I I had video cassettes. Yeah. yeah I had yeah. Um, I had tape cassettes. Mm-hmm. And uh, I finally just threw them away when mm. I moved. How was that? <laughs> Was it hard? To... It was. It was. Yeah. It was like uh, nostalgia. But how am I gonna actually sure. access this? And right. why on earth would I want to watch myself right. interpreting <laughs> and struggling and like yeah? So, um, so I, so I went into the national certification, and there's only yeah. three people in the nation that that get your video, so you have to watch somebody that is deaf and voice what they're saying. Then you have to mm. listen to like a text or like a script and then you um, interpret that part. Yeah. And and then there's like Q&A, like a discussion kind of a thing. And you have to answer and see how fluent you are yeah. going in conversational. And yeah. And I think that's how it went. It was so long ago. I don't really remember. But so then this tape gets sent out to these three people in the nation and they kind of more or less assess your skills Mm -hmm. I didn't pass yeah so I got an extra year like like teachers get variances I basically had like a variance like I could have one extra year not certified so then I started working with students that were deaf blind Mm -hmm. and I got so interested in that because I was able to be more a part of what was happening because as an interpreter um it's a really important uh skill it's a really important um connection for yeah. somebody that's deaf t- absolutely in a hearing world right yeah um however i didn't really get to 
talk to anybody because mm-hmm. I'm really there as almost like a conduit. So like right. I'm next to the teacher and I'm interpreting everything and I'm voicing what the the student is saying. But um, what teachers don't always understand and you have to kind of inform people and almost train them to understand that interpreters are there really for the communication, not sure. as a one-to-one education assistant or a para. Right. And so that's where like the line gets gets right. really fuzzy. And you end up kind of wearing a few more hats than you do. You're really yes, and supposed to. Or... Right, and then you kind of look like the bad guy because you're like, well, that's not my job. My mm-hmm. job is to make sure that this child is getting the information that they need. Right, I'm not Which there is to a full time job in and them. of itself. Well, right, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And so, um, so my first year, I worked with a fifth grade student and interpreted for him. And that was Mm -hmm. super fun. Um, but I didn't quite feel like it was my thing. Then the second year I became a float. Mm -hmm. And so I got to go to, I went from even the auditory and oral program that we have at 916, which is like the little, little preschool, kindergarten, little, little kids that, um, that, that are like learning to yeah, like, like they're they're learning how to use their like hearing aids or their mm-hmm. cochlear implants. Yeah, and then all the way up to Century College, um, and so as a float, I was able to gain a lot of experiences in a lot of different uh, school settings. So cool. elementary, middle school, high school, college, yeah. all these things. Ton of awesome experiences. I ended up working with a student that was in band and choir. Oh, cool! And I got to go on a band trip nice and um advocated for two other interpreters to come with and we were on the bus we had to interpret like all the movies they watched so like we had to interpret bill and ted's excellent adventure Uh, and like all these things it was so fun yeah so fun we got to go to the cn tower we got to go to this really cool castle place and like that's so cool i've had a lot of really fun experiences with interpreting but then once i started working with deaf blind I was able to walk into South Campus, which is where, mm-hmm. where you currently are. Yes. Yeah. And um, and you're, I mean, there's another one of those yeah, little fruit flies. Little, yeah. Gosh, I swear. We have, uh, there's like a problem. <laughs> I don't understand where they're coming from. <laughs> like know. this room is not like there's, like there's nothing in the trash can that, I don't know. I anyway, don't know. but you are, you're currently like you've been working with, or since I've met you, mm-hmm. this has been... Generally, your classroom has been working with um, the nonverbal mm-hmm. and just more with communicating yes. and a communication like focus for the students that you have in your classroom, mm-hmm. which the school that we worked at or I used to work at and you currently do. Mm-hmm. Um, each room has kind of got its own specific types of like learning in mm-hmm. some ways some somewhat right yeah. like it's kind of broke up and you specifically got that group of yes. kids which is yeah. really cool yeah it um my sign language background has definitely taught me a lot about communication mm-hmm. so i kind of have a speechy brain when yeah. it comes to that kind of thing so i love being able to collaborate with our speech team yeah um and, and working great. with them they are oh my goodness we yeah. have i want to get really nikki fantastic. on here <gasps> wouldn't she be fun oh my goodness yes. i love nikki she's like one of my favorite she's... human beings Nikki, Honestly, if you're listening, yeah, I'm Nikki, going to be reaching out to you. So yeah, Nikki, do it because <laughs> she's awesome. We would all benefit from Nikki's 
knowledge and expertise. And she used to be in the Peace Corps. She's got like I a know, fascinating she's background. Just like, she's like she. Yes. She's a fascinating woman. She really is. Not to get distracted from yeah, this no, fascinating hey, woman this, that uh, I have in front of me. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so um, I, I walked into South Campus, and I never felt so welcomed mm-hmm. by, by the community of people that worked with these students. Because mm-hmm. uh, when I would go and sub at an elementary or a middle school or a high school, like mainstream, where the kids were in special ed or... They were in general ed and just kind of um, higher functioning, able to sure. do it as an interpreter. Um, Very isolating. I, completely. I wouldn't talk all day long right. except for other people or yeah. take in the information they're doing and then produce it for them. So I would go to like the the lunchroom, you know, the staff break room, and not a single person would Mm-mm. like say hi or even like at... I'm a friendly person. Yeah. I don't think I'm very intimidating. Maybe no. I am. I don't know. Anyway, so I I walk into South Campus and I was like, this is my jam. Yeah. Like, I am down with this. They're, it's, they're different. It for is. For sure. Yes. And, I, you know, I, I subbed a lot before I came to South Campus. And, um, you know, I worked in other programs. I worked in our South Metro 917 program. Oh, okay. Um, and then... You know, started subbing in Eric's room, mm-hmm. um, who was one of our guests as well. He was there on our on the podcast. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I felt the same way. Like it's there's a different. It's just different at nine sixteen, and it, every place has their flaws. It's it's just the way it goes, right? right. And of course, we won't get into any of that. But um, I it's it's different. It's better. It, there's like there's a feeling that you get there and. We, I feel like just everybody's there for a reason and like Mm -hmm. they're like with a, with the right mindset for the most part. And I've had this conversation with other people from South Campus as well that I think that everybody that's there, get him, (laughs) (laughs) everybody that's there is, is, uh, I think that there's like a, just something about them that, that that's drawn there and the people that aren't supposed to be there are kind of filtered out. Yep. You know, I agree. and you, you can just tell, like you can tell by the, the attitudes and the personalities that kind of come and go and like mm-hmm. new people, there's, there is a revolving door and it's a tough job. There's mm-hmm. a lot of tough things that, yes. Yes, <laughs> that we is. deal with or that you guys deal with. And, um, you know, if you're not there for the right reasons, there's no way you'll be, you'll be willing to stick it out. Like yeah, you, have you either to have get a, it or you don't. You have to have a little bit of an empathetic heart and <laughs> like you've got to be able to like just understand and empathize and have that, those moments. I mean, we've both, we've all been there where your kid's bummed out, your kid's crying, your kid's hurting, mm-hmm. especially in your classroom where it's tough to communicate sometimes with, with your, with your guys and mm-hmm. gals and Man, we've we've been in tears because they're in tears. You know? I know and like, it's heartbreaking. Our heart breaks sometimes because Absolutely. we want to help you, but we don't know how. Yes, and, yes. Um, if that's not why there. you're there, if you're just there for the money and you're there for, you're gonna quickly filter yourself out. Let's be honest. Who's there for the money? The true. money in education is just not there. <laughs> it's true. However, um, if you're yeah, just there if, for if a your job, heart though, isn't you know? into it, then you might as well just walk out the door, because. Mm-hmm. Um, if if you don't see the personalities of each of these individuals, then there's really yeah. no point because yep. they all bring 
they're human. Yeah. And I hate, I get, I get real protective of my students. I yeah. get real mama bear when mm-hmm. people don't understand that they have needs just like you and I do. And they just and can't feelings. communicate them. And feelings, <laughs> yeah. yes. And if somebody's constantly telling you what to do, yeah, I'd probably want to punch you in the face. Mm-hmm. Like, stop telling me what to do. Yeah. Ask me questions. Give yeah. me some space. Like, yeah. stop talking to me for mm-hmm. a while or talk to me more. Like, there's, I don't know, you have to get to know relationships are like Huge. the number one thing to start with when you have yeah. a classroom of students, especially when they're nonverbal. Mm-hmm. It, you're not going to get anywhere if they don't trust you or understand yeah. that you're there to help them. Right. Yeah. So, and and I know something that you do well, just from my experience being like in your classroom and some of those different things, where is you do give time and you like figure out like you figure out how to work with that and you're not afraid to give time, give space, and let's focus on this one specific thing and let's mm-hmm. move on to the next thing. Let's. Mm-hmm. Uh, change things and do something different well that's not working so we've got to let's try a different avenue let's try a different way and i think that that's really important you you quickly figure out that if something's not working you know like you can just tell like there's and you can tell you you get to know your kids you get those like those i don't know what the the word i'm like looking for like the like, you just get to know, like, there's little nuancey things that yes. you, like, learn about each individual student. Mm-hmm. It just like you and I, just like any other person, uh, we all have our little things mm-hmm. that either bother us or that we respond well to, mm-hmm. um, whether that's the way you communicate, um, whether it's the smile that you give them or the way you joke with them mm-hmm. or whatever that is, you know? Like, mm-hmm. my student that I worked with a lot, um, you know, I just found different ways to, and it's just amazing to be walking, you know, I'd walk with him every day and mm-hmm. all the time. Yep. And learning that he likes, like, he sings, you know, yeah. like, and just yeah. singing to singing to him or with him, like Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. Yeah. We like would sing that multiple Whatever. times, but yeah. it's like, oh, I never knew that he would ever like sing. Yeah. You know, and like, yeah, getting one day to, we're getting to know them. They get yeah. to know you and and how that kind of repertoire kind of exactly exists. Mm-hmm. And it's things that, no, like, people come in from the outside and they don't realize, you know. And that's part of the reason when subs come in, mm-hmm. it is difficult for mm-hmm. both the sub and for their staff, for mm-hmm. your staff. Because when you have those relationships, you know exactly what this student, you know, is having a hard time. And you know why. Mm-hmm. But it's so hard to keep an eye on every single student in your classroom to be yep. like, hold their hand through those processes. And exactly. So. Yeah, and it, you know, you have to balance. Everything is a balance. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's um, Amelia always says it's like spinning plates on sticks, you know, like mm-hmm. like making sure your plates don't fall to the ground, yeah. like you're constantly spinning plates. What I've learned as a teacher and being in special ed, um, gosh, going on now, I've been with 916, you know, goodness, I'm aging myself now, but... Um, It'll be, I started in 05, it's 19, yeah, this will be my 15th year. Wow, congratulations. Working with 916, yeah, thanks. That's awesome. Yeah, and I... I How long as a teacher? Six. Six years. This will be my, going into my seventh. Nice. Yeah. That's so cool. And, um, yeah, so I, I finally decided to go back to school when I started to be an intervener working with deafblind mm-hmm. students. 
because I wanted more. I wanted to make more of a difference. And mm-hmm. I, as being able to go to different elementary schools and middle schools and high schools, I saw how special ed was being taught, and I, I didn't always agree with with um, decisions that were being made for the students. Um, and I I just kind of wanted to learn more about it, I guess, and insert yeah. myself in a, in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I was in an intervener, I always worked with one student. And mm-hmm. that was my, yep. my student. And it's been so interesting. But I was able to work at South Campus for two years with a deaf-blind student. Okay. And um, I got to be in Luann's classroom nice. before. Um, yeah, she just retired not too yeah. long ago. Last last year. Two years ago. Two years ago. Yeah, yeah, I was here when she, I think. Yeah, she, so or that. Or no, I came in right after. The okay, year after. is that so what it happened? Was like three years ago. Last. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Neither anyway, so <laughs> um, I, I learned so much being um, at South Campus and um, s- it just kind of worked out that I went back to school and I got to student teach at South Campus Yeah. Um, with June uh, before she retired. Yeah. And I got to, um, you know, I see the students still now like going to the, the next program, going to sure. West South yeah. or doing their thing. And it's just, it's so wonderful to see how amazing to progress. Yes. I, know, and I like, think about some of the students that uh, graduated the last couple of years, you know, and yeah, uh, just wonder where they're at and like wonder how they're doing. And yeah, you know, I realized that next, not this coming school year, but the next school year will be the first student that I've ever had that will graduate. Oh, wow. And I haven't had that experience yet because I usually have the younger, like middle school age, yeah. um, so it takes a little younger age mm-hmm. high school. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm going to be a wreck. <laughs> I'm going to cry a lot. Yeah, cause I, that's okay. Yeah, but I, I get to have this student um, in summer school. And so oh, cool. Right now, yeah. yeah. So it's it's super fun to see to see those old students again, and it's like um, it's just like coming home. But South Campus definitely, uh, to me, um, it's my second family. Yeah. Like, this last year for me professionally and personally has been probably the hardest year I've ever had. Right. And I don't think I could have actually succeeded or like felt like I came out on top if I didn't have the support of yeah. everybody at South Campus. Like, and I'm an open book. Like, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd rather put it out there and like get support from other people yeah. than, than keep it in another. Everybody's different with that. But, but um, I, I tell you what, and I knew, you know, we, we mentioned like, you this is what you're talking about is you yep. were recently divorced and mm-hmm. all of that finalized this last year and yeah i mean everybody knows that that's just a hard time in general like there's very few divorces that are going to go like yeah that I was mean, great it's you know pleasant. yeah, yeah it's um, awkward and, and then plus pleasant. you had all of the other you know you had several staff that were gone or got mm-hmm. hurt and injured throughout yes. the year and so yeah. you were you know back to being like a lot of subs and a lot of people mm-hmm. that were kind of filling in mm-hmm. which is just hard when they're not consistent necessarily and you've got different changes and our kids crave a lot of our kids crave uh consistency mm-hmm. and so new faces and new things coming in all the time it's just it's exhausting as a teacher it's exhausting mm-hmm. as a student which then leads to increased behaviors mm-hmm. and which it's just this snowball effect mm-hmm. and all of the things you mentioned you know at the beginning of your like three things we should know about you i feel like is very um 
spot on to what I would like this last year. And Mm -hmm. I knew you were struggling at times, but I think that one of the many reasons that I wanted to have you on here is how much of a strong and uh, graceful woman that you are and like leader. And like, I think I look up to you, you know, I, I think that it's very, very much from the time I met you, which you were sitting in the cafeteria or in the uh, kitchen was like the first time I think I ever like saw you and met you. And I was with a student okay. using the bathroom in that bathroom there. Uh, uh-huh. And uh, I don't know. You have this like thing about you that is awesome. It's just like <laughs> I saw you and I'm like, she's got her shit together. She knows what's going on. And whether I know we all like don't feel like we do at times. Yeah, no. <laughs> and we're making it up as we go sometimes. Totally. But uh I I would have like zero problems like handing something off to you and being like, Go get a Annie. Yeah. Like and I know that you would be determined and motivated to like do your best work <clears> and to <throat> make that happen. And I think that's very indicative of like who you are as a person and it it shows with your relationships you build with your students and your staff and like the environment that you want to, I think that you want to foster mm-hmm. within your educator, like being a teacher and within your classroom. So, well, thank you. Shane. Absolutely. That's very sweet. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, it. I, mean I, I think, um, I don't know. Like you had mentioned just a little while ago about empathy mm-hmm. and, and empathy is what, what drives me. Like yeah. I have to understand that maybe Maybe this kid isn't feeling well. How would I feel if I was going through this? Mm-hmm. Put yourself in their shoes. Right. It's a lot easier to do our job if we can understand where they're coming from. Yeah. And to be able to help. Because mm-hmm. if we don't know how to help, we all feel lost. Yep. And and it and that's a really icky feeling. Absolutely. Nobody likes that. <laughs> yeah. I've, and, I've felt that myself. Yeah. A little lost at times, you know. Yeah. And it is exhausting. Uh-huh. It really is. It is. I've brought this book up several times. Where there's a book called Start with. Start with Why by Simon Sinek, I think it's his name, and or Start with the Why, and I think it's very much a part of. Um, without thinking in that like those specific terms, I think we do that, and I think that a lot of us do that at South Campus of mm-hmm. like, why? Uh, well, why is this student having this behavior? And like, if you can understand the why, then mm-hmm. you can start to like decode those different things you can start to see the precursors you can start to say well every time this happens this happens you know Mm -hmm. and so why is a very important question and kind of what you're talking about i think absolutely we need to know the function of Mm -hmm. a behavior and we're we're trained to to understand that but it's individualized Mm -hmm. you can't know the function of a behavior until you know the student or even (sighs) (laughs) You almost got him. That fruit fly, gnat, whatever that is. You have to, yeah, you you just really have to embrace the difficulties and the challenges and realize that really in, at the end of the day, like how much time did that actually take? And is that going to make or break how the day goes? Mm -hmm. Um, But then also... And safety comes into play. And, uh, oh, right. <laughs> which yeah. is like a whole nother thing of like keeping your students safe, but not just them safe, but sometimes it's our staff, you know, whether it's, you know, you got some, some claws sometimes, yeah. those hands can be a little handsy and yeah. well, that's pinching, grabbing, biting, hitting. Mm-hmm. I mean, we deal with all of those different things and mm-hmm. 
it's no, it's it's not that it's not again, it's like if you understand the why, like sometimes like you said, man, I want to punch people in the face sometimes too. Right. You know? Like and I what get would happen if we didn't have that filter that tells us that's wrong. Exactly. And some of our students that's legitimately what how Legit. we're what we're Absolutely. teaching them to understand and like comprehend is like it's okay to have this feeling. This is how you handle it. Yes. And this is, these are the steps Here we want you to take. Here are other things that yeah. you can do to replace that. Exactly. Replacement behavior. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, behavior tools and yeah. PCM training and yeah. all that stuff. Like, it, it, I don't know. It's, it's, it's helped me even in my home life. Absolutely. I mean, my kids have been going through a transition with all of this mm-hmm. and um, these changes in moving and um, they are coming out on top like yeah. but i i don't know if i if i didn't have these tools in my in my own kit yeah i, I, I you can know. easily see how you know people that have gone through this that didn't have some of those how mm-hmm. the outcomes can turn out to be the way they are absolutely I, I, i'm yeah. assuming and i i'm a product of <clears throat> you know my my parents divorced when i was a sophomore in high school okay and uh you know a different time in my life than your kids yours mm-hmm. are a little younger but mm-hmm. It's still, it's so hard. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, it's just a hard thing. It's, there's a lot to comprehend that at a young age, whether it's high school or younger, I mean, it's just hard to understand, hard to comprehend, mm-hmm. hard to kind of like figure some of those things out, manage your own emotions. Why do I feel this way? And even now, like as I get older, I, I look back and I'm like, oh, like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. I didn't think of it like that or like, I didn't realize that that's why I was so upset about that or mm-hmm. like why I responded this way to this scenario because yeah. of XYZ. Right. Um, it's just interesting. Like, yeah, it is. And that makes me think of like self-reflection. Mm-hmm. That is a really hard thing. Yeah. How do you just reflecting um, is like, how do you describe that? Or how holy do you, cow. yeah. It's, Especially at a young age. Like how do you tell a, how old are you? Your eight, oldest? Is, um, my oldest is eight and my youngest is four. Eight and uh, four. Four is yeah. she's going on uh 16. Yeah. <laughs> Holy attitude. Sassy McGee. And uh I mean, yeah, but um, you know, their resiliency is mm-hmm. is amazing. And they oh, they're so fun. They're at such fun ages. Yeah. It it's just it's just so fun. Right. Well that's uh, the thing. I mean, how do you teach an eight year old to right. self reflect? Right. And how do you even break down what that is? Like Yeah, I mean it's you really read them a Google definition. To talk. Or... <laughs> communication, communication, mm-hmm. right? Um Well uh, and along those same lines, ninety percent of companies uh just in the the world, like business and any company you work for, mm-hmm. one of the biggest issues is always communication. It is. And because everybody's different and everybody has different experiences in life and we view things through a different lens and we yes. internalize. I'm, I'm guilty of this as well. Like whether this podcast has actually been really interesting for me because I listen to the podcast afterwards usually. And I have that inner dialogue in my head of like what I'm thinking and I'm trying to like articulate that as it come out. And uh-huh. so sometimes I've like left the podcast and I'm like, what was I saying? <laughs> You know? Yeah. And then I listen and I'm like, oh, that was bad at all. Yeah. But like in my head, it was chaos. <laughs> you know, like I yeah. was just like fumbling through and I'm like, oh, it actually came out like more came clear out than I you... expected. Yeah. yeah okay. like, um, and then there's been the opposite where I was like 
what were you saying? Like, that made way more sense in your head. And it's just interesting. It's really made opened my eyes to my own self criticisms in some ways. Like yeah. I'm pretty hard on myself. Okay. I'm my biggest critic, but it's just allowed me to kind of see like, oh, like don't be so hard on yourself. You yes. know, like it's it's okay. Yeah, like, I gotta ease up. Um, mm-hmm. or just like see it through a different lens or mm-hmm. maybe what you're saying isn't coming across the way you think it is and which is just interesting it is well and i mean communication can can just be an interpretation mm-hmm. so like you said you know people that look through it at a different lens if you're in a bad mood you're going to take it differently yes. in a good mood you're going to take it differently right but no, it's important that you understand that your emotion affected how you took that message yes and that's self-reflection yes like Oh, okay. I just learned from that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to not respond that way next time if it was bad. Or, uh-huh. you know, like, yep. okay. I have to say, though, after um, working at as a teacher at South Campus, I have, it has humbled me quite a bit and mm-hmm. made me incredibly flexible mm. um, in my thinking. Yeah. And uh, when I first started teaching, I was very rigid, I'm sure. Many people that have worked with me in my classroom yeah. could speak to that. Yeah. Uh, Eric being one, I'm sure he could <laughs> have funny. some stories. I mean, I would get so worked up about things not going the way that I wanted them to. Right. And then I just slowly realized that, well, things are never going to go the way I want them to. Mm. Like, that's... That's profound. I mean, it it's so simple, like, but it's uh, like... Yeah, like, I just need to, like, take a step back and realize that... Um, I need to let go of some of this control. Sure. Because I can't control things. Yeah. What's the and ultimate goal here? Right you got to, yeah. Right? This is like, <laughs> yeah, right. Go ahead. Yeah. Keep talking because yeah, I yeah. need to hear this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but just like having to give up that control, it's a hard thing, but it's also so freeing mm-hmm. just to, you know, like what I, what I absolutely love to do is uh, collaborate with, with the education assistants in the classroom Mm-hmm. I mean, work their tails off every single day for these kids. And for what? For me to say, this is how we do things. And uh, I don't know all the answers. Right. Right. But I kind of have to be like the go-to person. Yeah. And so. Well, and fostering that, to, like, re- that relationship with those people that are yeah. have your back and that are working their tails off. And Absolutely. Like, you know, all those different things and, and just hearing them because sometimes we see things differently than you do. Yeah. You know, as, as EAs or like as the teacher and you are working one-on-one with a student or whatever that might look like. Mm -hmm. And it's like, Hey, I experienced this today. That was one thing I loved about, you know, being in Eric's room that we, you know, there were a lot of behaviors and Mm -hmm. we really, that was one thing that we really did every, almost every day, you know, it was like, Hey, I noticed this today. This seemed to work. Like, oh, well, let's try that again okay, tomorrow. Let's do it, yeah. Like, then it didn't work. I'm like, well, okay, I guess yesterday must have just been the thing, or we mm-hmm. can keep trying, and yeah. if it works, it works, and if it doesn't, it doesn't. But Well, and know. change is hard, too. So yeah. if you're changing something up, you kind of have to stick right. with it for a while to get mm-hmm. that that rhythm, that routine, yeah. that, that whatever. So, yeah, I always have, like, in my head, I always think, like, all right, we're going to try this out for two weeks. Mm-hmm. Two weeks, it's not sticking. Yeah. we got to try something else. What was the catalyst for you uh, kind of changing that mind frame of, like, like letting go and, like, not being so rigid? 
Was there like one moment or was it like um, just a process? A ser- I think a series of moments. Okay. Yeah, I think it was definitely a process, a progression yeah. of events, um, becoming a mother, becoming a mother of two, sure. uh, having a different kind of caseload in my classroom of students that um, had different needs, uh, realizing that I'm more task oriented than I really mm. am time oriented. Yeah. So I would rather spend more time on a task than, uh oh, it's 10:30. We gotta stop this because we mm. have to go to the next thing. Um, I think what I needed to have was a, a consistent schedule and a consistent routine because of the students that I had. Yeah. And sometimes I don't know what came first, the chicken or the egg. Like, did <laughs> I produce some OCD behaviors in some of my students? Yeah. Or did they, they produce my OCD? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, okay, Annie, like, yeah. take a step back. Well, I'm the realize, same way. Like, well, and through this move, I've really, I've really, like, had to just take a deep breath and, like, yes. step back sometimes. Center yourself and a little bit. The thing I keep saying... And it is, it's true. It's, it's all going to work out at the end of the day. It's happening whether I want it to or not, yeah. whether it happens the way I want it to or not, right. whether it, it's happening. Here yes. we go. Right. Yep. And so the one thing I keep saying is trust the process. I have to trust the process, mm-hmm. you know, like I'm doing everything I can. There's nothing more I can do right now. There's, there wasn't like there at some points in time throughout this process, I'm like, we don't have a home. Like, we don't have a place to yeah. live right now. Oh my like, gosh. Yeah. That's stressful. Limbo. And I want to take care of my wife. I want to make sure that she has a place to live when she gets there. Like, those are my, yes. like, nurturing things. Like, I want to protect her. I want to take care of her. Mm-hmm. And so that stresses me out even on, on top of that. But I'm doing, I'm doing the right thing. Like, we've gone through this process. We're talking with the relocation company. We've got this stuff set up. Yep. Just trust the process. You, there's no need to stress about it. It just causes more yep. anxiety. It causes more problems. Yep. Just trust the process. Yeah. And I think for me, this has been an ongoing thing. I, I've, I'm also, I have some OCD stuff, you know, (laughs) thanks dad. I know you're listening out there. Um, (laughs) and definitely like control, you know, like I don't like giving up control unless I want to, Yeah. but then again, it's control. So (laughs) controlling when I give control and when I don't, and when I I relinquish that or not, and which is hard. It's figuring out the why, right? Mm-hmm. Why did I just react that way? Why do I think that way? Self-reflection. Yes. Just going full circle. I know. <laughs> and the function of the behavior. Why did I just mm-hmm. act that way? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's We are complex individuals. It, it's true. I mean, that's that's just human. Yeah, it, absolutely. Yeah. So what have you noticed, um, switching gears a little bit, like we touched on, I guess, a little bit with your kids. Mm-hmm. Um, what have been some of the changes that you didn't expect as like a single mom, um, being single again, mm-hmm. what is it, what have, have there been like things you're like, Oh, I didn't expect that to be a um, thing or I, uh, that's a good question. I don't know if I have an answer to that. That's um, okay. and if you don't, you don't, no worries. Yeah. I think, uh, I think what surprised me the most is how amazing my kids Mm. really are and I um I don't know it they they talk to me even my four-year-old like yeah we can have these really nice conversations mm. about 
even if it's about, um, I don't know, something as, as small as like my son loves, um, his video games, like, sure. tell me about that game. Like, what are you, what are you doing in that game? And he yeah. just, I don't know, I, I don't know. They're brilliant. And I, um, yeah, I don't know. That's a interesting question. Yeah. Well, if you think of anything, okay, we can come yeah. back to it. It's not yeah. a big deal. I'll I just that. I didn't know if there was like anything it. when you you know just as it's obviously a big change. And I think how maybe how long were you married? Uh, it would have been ten years. Ten years. So that's yeah. a good chunk of time. Uh huh. And so yeah. like that's a big change. Even you know Dana and I have only been married for a year, but we've been together yeah. for. We were talking. I had her sister on. It was like five years since we've like. Oh, been wow. kind of dating. I didn't realize you know? that. Okay. So it's like been a good chunk yeah, of time that we've been together as life. a couple, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and which is mind-boggling because it seems like just yesterday. Right. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, I can't like I legitimately can't imagine being single. Like I yeah. can't imagine like we have such a rhythm of life. Sometimes you know yeah. just the way we operate and the way we like mm-hmm. do things or the things I'm dependent upon with her and the mm-hmm. things that she's dependent upon with me. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, we get done at school at two thirty three o'clock and I like to come home and this is my way of like helping out around the house. Like she makes more money and she does yeah. all these things. She works hard and she gets home at six thirty, and I'm like, I got dinner ready, you know, and, but we do things differently. She fixes my lunch in the mornings, Aww. you know, and like, so she does lunch and I do dinner I and you know, it. it's just yeah. little things like that yeah. where, you get into these, yeah, you get into these grooves mm-hmm. and I can't imagine not having those things, you mm-hmm. know, or like those completely changing. And I could see those things like being very um, eye opening and then throw your kids in there. And that well, what I will and... say is um, if you really haven't been a team, mm. it doesn't really change. Yeah. Uh, so I, I've always been a very independent person. Yeah. And that, that's just me. If, if somebody's not going to take care of it, then I will. Yeah. Um, and that's just kind of the way it goes. Um, but I guess, I guess one thing that I've discovered through this is I always felt like I'm going to be okay. Like this is going to work out. Like yeah. I'm, I'm an independent person. Um, but I, I really feel like I, am able to really do the things that I've always wanted to do. Yeah. Like I'm back in school. Yeah. I'm getting my master's. Congratulations. Thank you. What is your master's going to be in? Uh, curriculum and instruction. Ooh. Yeah. And um, I want to go on and get my doctorate. Good for I you. I would like to be Dr. Elias. Yes. Even if that really means nothing in the in the grand scheme of things. Get it. Yeah. High five. Get love it. Love it. Yeah. I love it. So, um, I don't know. I think... Um, I think I want to ultimately be a good role model for my kids. Mm -hmm. I really want to show them that women can be strong and empowered. Absolutely. Um, Well, and that's, I mean, there's, there's so many things I've, I've thought about this too. Um, I think we're creatures of that kind of, uh, I don't know what the word is. Like uh, you look at your parents, right? Mm-hmm. And they like, they, they almost set this blueprint for you of how to become them. Yeah. You I know? mean, that's what they know. Right. And mm-hmm. that's what, 
that's what we know. Like I look at my parents and like the jobs and the careers they have. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, there's like you, you're, you've experienced that world and that life or just been around it where they talk about it. You hear things. And so it becomes a little bit more second nature to you or like you see how that path works and mm-hmm. how their life is. And mm-hmm. so, you know, you look at, well, I would say that like doctors and lawyers and what engineers or whatever name the job, mm-hmm. your kids are m- more likely to become something along those fields than not just because it's that comfort and that knowledge that you, that background knowledge mm-hmm. that you have. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think there's some truth to even the idea of like, you want the best for your kids. You want to see what a strong, independent, like yeah. kick-ass woman can do. And uh-huh. Man, my mom's a doctorate. You know, she's got her doctorate. She's a doctor in whatever, you know, education. And I think that those things speak volumes to your kids. And, well, mom did it. I I can do it. Yeah. You know, and whatever. And then on top of that, it's also, like, your own self-confidence and your own, like, pride. And, like, Mm -hmm. I don't think pride is a bad thing. I think Mm -hmm. it gets this – I think it can be. Yeah. But anything to an extreme. If you let it get ahead of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think it's okay to be proud of the things you've accomplished and things you want to do. And, um, and like just self-confidence is, it's like, it's attractive too. It is. It is. And the way you carry yourself and it just, yeah. And it, self-confidence can lead to a lot of happiness, you know, like it just like is, it is prideful, like to be confident. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, I love, I don't know, I love that idea of, like, just, um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's good. I think it's good to, like, step outside of your, bo- your like, your box and your, like, own little self-made boundaries sometimes and mm-hmm. challenge yourself in different ways and, mm-hmm. like, just go for it. Mm-hmm. Hence what we're doing right now is, yeah. like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm yeah. Faking it till I make it. Yeah, you know? <laughs> totally. Like, but. Punt. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Like. Yep. I could sit, you know, I sat in your classroom and we've talked about this before. Of, mm-hmm. I could make videos. Like, look at this oh, Jack Hartman character. Oh, I know, like, right? Oh, my God. We could do days of the week yeah, and like seasons. And, yeah. I'll figure it out. Like, whatever. <laughs> you know, I don't know if I'll ever go down that rabbit hole, but maybe, you know, not, who knows? Yeah. But I, it's just like you look at those types of things and like, I can do it. Yes. Like, if I want to do it, you just got to do it. Go for do it. Like, why you put hold your mind back? to, right? Yeah. Yeah. I try to tell my kids that every day. Nice. Do you have, um, I was going to ask you about, like, future goals, and you kind of touched on that. Mm-hmm. So, doctor, do you know what you want to get your doctorate in, particularly? No, no. I know that's, like, a longer I, process. I don't. I'm really. sure it'll be something education-wise. Yeah. Um, so, uh, what... The past few years I've been wanting to get my master's. I just haven't, didn't get that feeling like it, you know, that gut mm-hmm. feeling like this is where I want to go. Like yeah. this is my path. Um, and then this last year, now that I have these, um, this new set of students that are so complex and individual and beautiful and, and have so many needs that mm. are, are really difficult to process um, for really a lot of people. And um, I th- I was able to look at teaching in a whole new way, a mm. whole new perspective by 
their level is not where I'm teaching. So I need to go to their level. And then I realized that developmentally, there's more support there necessary to get them to be able to learn and to be taught. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so it it has, I mean, the past like six months I've been working on this assessment that um, is like hands-on learning, okay. these learning boxes, and I'm hoping that it'll all be done by September so I can mm-hmm. roll it out. Cool. Um, but I've been working on it, and uh, I think, because I, I, I can kind of geek out on, on this, so bear with Go me for a it. little bit. No. So I think I developmental milestones are, are understated when it comes to kids in high school, and I think we forget those things. Can you break that down a little bit more? Like, what do you exactly, yeah, what do you so, mean, like developmental? So developmental milestones, if you think about from birth... To age one, yeah. Every month, you can um, you can go on the CDC yeah, website, see, the like, Center for Disease Control website, and mm-hmm. they have developmental milestones checklists. Yep. Every month, this is what your baby should be doing. Yep. You'll this start is, to see, you know, and you will, yeah, you'll see discovering that. their feet, discovering it, their, you know, right, like, exactly. Um, are they playing by themselves? Um, next to somebody else, which is called parallel play, okay. or are they engaging with the others? Mm. Um, all my students currently are in that parallel play where they may engage with something, but they don't really want to engage with other people. Right. They and want the thing maybe that they're, <laughs> yeah, they like, have, this but is what I have and this is mine and this yeah. is my world. And, and I get that because, um, there's the autism piece, but then there's also developmental disabilities yep. on top of the autism. And then the communication aspect that's also right. challenging. Right. Exactly. And so all of these factors, I feel like if we can teach developmental milestones in a way that they each can understand yeah. whether one student doesn't want to be hands-on or the other yeah. does, and we can figure these things out. I think if we can teach them uh, that other things around them exist and these are what they're for, mm. um, you know, like a baby discovering their hands, going to their mouth, like obviously our students know those things, mm-hmm. but it's more than that. It's It's being able to understand that Hmm. I've never, uh, hmm. I don't know. It's just understanding that each step in developmental milestones gets you ready for the next, the next. Right. And communication is a huge part of that. So it's turn taking games. It's playing Mm. peekaboo, even though that might not be age appropriate, but you can play hide and seek, or you can play games that are, age appropriate but at the same time what is age appropriate in our world is in it some yeah ways? Like, their cognitive ability may right. this might be age appropriate for their cognition right and there's a relationship building component to that yeah. there's a like happiness component to that of mm-hmm. like having fun and teaching them just to have fun and to laugh and to smile and yeah. that you're not just the person that is also going to correct them when they do something wrong but right. they're also going to be which is a fine line sometimes especially at our school when mm-hmm. you have such extreme behaviors at times yes Um, absolutely um and and i don't know so so i've been working on this this all these tools to to figure out and what i'm hoping through my master's program is that 
they're going to help me develop this into something that's producible mm. so that others can benefit from yeah. it as well. Um, and just looking through it, I, I'm seeing it as like almost like a blueprint in some ways of mm-hmm. not that you like the system side of things, mm-hmm. although it's a, more of a naturally occurring type environment. But if you're trying to teach things out of order, mm-hmm. right, of those developmental things, like you're kind of saying, if you're trying to teach a, a child to grasp something, but they haven't even discovered their hand yet. Right. Then what are we doing? Right. You know? Um, yeah, you got to start, you got to take a few steps back and realize like, okay, they don't know how to do this part that's yeah. going to get them to the next. It's almost like mapping out. Sex, success. The, yeah. yeah. Where they're so, at. Yeah. Interesting. I really like that. So I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a very different take. Um, I'm kind of stepping out of, of the box a little bit. Yeah. Um, but. Like a badass woman would do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, what are some of the things, this is something I'm really fascinated by. I've traveled some and not a lot, but you know, when you go to other cultures and you go to other places and there's just innate things that we, everybody understands. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it holds true to the population of students that we work with and that you work with. One thing that I think is innate within everyone is a smile. Everybody mm-hmm. knows what a smile is. Like, Do they? I think so. <laughs> I know. I hear what you're saying. But I think that, like, I think that, like, laughing and a smile, like, it's, you don't teach it. It just Pure. happens. Yeah. Like, it's not something, like, I, I know what you're saying because of, like, sometimes the autism side of things as well. Like, when we talk about emotions and feelings. But, yeah, but you, you, we've seen all of our students happy. Yeah. Right? And you, nobody's taught them how to be happy. It's just that brings them it's joy. A, it's something mm-hmm. that they're expressing that because it's something that has brought them joy. Mm-hmm. It can be something that we don't find joyful, like mm-hmm. whatever, but yeah, we see those things. And when you go to another country that and you don't speak the same languages, a smile goes a long way. Yes. A smile and a wave, like to it's a kid. So true. And you just see them laughing and whatever. Like you don't have to speak the language. You can just laughing is laughing, yeah. you know, and smiles are smiles. Are there things that you see within the special education world that you would say, like, I think these are innate things? All the emotions. Mm. Completely innate. Absolutely. Um, I think what, even though at times um, the behaviors that we work with are very challenging, it's the most purest form of emotion that you could probably ever find. True. Whether it's anger, frustration, silliness, anything. Any any that reason. purity in all of those it, things is so beautiful. It really is. It's, it's yeah, like, I I I do think that, and I know that people think that. Well, just be happy, like mm. that's beautiful. Well, be angry. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we don't want to hurt people, but no. I I sometimes don't think that the students understand what their hands are doing in that moment of crisis. Yeah. And. It's just important to work with that. But, um, but I mean, I've seen all of my students happy, sad, mad, tired, sick, mm-hmm. all, I mean, a million emotions. Yeah. I've seen it all. And it is so fun to be able to look at um, 
the small positive little things that do happen. Yeah. When you're trying to teach a student to say hi and smile and they do it. And you're like, oh my gosh. Yeah. That's so Absolutely. awesome. I know. Yeah. I um, saw a video, I think it was yesterday, but um, there was just that. It was talking about like people that, I think it was a friend of mine that works in some related field, but it was a video they shared just people um, that like learn to communicate for the first time, you know, and I saw it was like oh my gosh. having their communication it's device so and they cool. were like, you know, like the look oh. on their face of like that. Yes. You're like, oh my gosh, like I, you I, did what uh, I, uh-huh. yeah, like I have words. I said, hi. They like, came out of me somehow. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's really been, um, this last year with the students that I've had, um, a lot of them were new to our classroom that, that I work in and, um, obviously we had a lot of staff in and out, a lot of this and that, but the amount of progress that was made, the relationships that were built and the families that feel, um, almost, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Maybe, um, a weight lifted off their shoulders mm-hmm. a little bit that there's people in their children's life that understands. Yeah. It's more than just respite it, for them. It's also they're, they're learning and growing. They are learning and growing in that Cause there is a respite piece too. Oh, absolutely. In, in the, our students and them being at our school, which is mm-hmm. not a really talked about thing. Yeah. Um, but goodness, like sometimes it's like, we get it, you know, they send yeah. their kids and you're like, why did you send your, like, well, because they need a break. That's, well, they deal with this on the. Well, and <laughs> we're a little more equipped if, true if their child is having a hard time. Yep. So they, they get sent in and we can help them through this, these crises, mm-hmm. uh, however you want to yeah. pluralize crisis. I know, right? <laughs> um, yeah, but I, um, I mean, I have scars, I have, yeah, but Same. it's. Um, it's worth it. Mm-hmm. It's worth it. Yeah. Because you've made a difference in yep. somebody's life, their home life, their yeah, their well being. Where did that Where did that originate from for you? Do you feel like you just were always like, like we talked about? Uh, you have a very empathetic heart. You have a big heart. You feel very much what your students and what people around you feel. I think that those are sometimes natural occurring things. I, I feel like that was something I get from my my parents, obviously, but it's more than that. Mm-hmm. And I think that like the drive to continue, that's always been my thing. I want to help people. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that looks like always, you know, right. and, but where did that come from for you? Or like, when did you realize you wanted to like help people or um. was there anything that I, I think it's just always been me. Yeah. I remember like, this is the simplest thing, but I remember when we would be driving in the car when I was younger and I would see other cars driving by Mm -hmm. like, um, on a highway and you'd see other cars and I would always wonder like, I wonder where they're going. I wonder what they're up to. Or like, you know, like I know where I'm going and doing and like, 
wonder how their ride's going. Right. Like, I've always wondered about other see, people and how they feel. I always and... see, think the same thing when you see a plane fly over. You're like, where are they going? Yeah, you know, like, oh, where are they coming from? They how many business? people are in there? Yeah. Like, oh, my God, how cool. Yeah. How many babies are crying? Right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. Yeah, so it, um, I don't know. I think it, it's just always been there. Sure. I guess. I don't know. Yeah. But it, it, it's... It's become more so, and I and I really try to reflect that in teaching um, with others too, because I honestly think it's easier on everybody if we can take the moment to just think about where they're coming from. Yeah. And it it's made me a much more patient individual, I'd say, in the last year, for mm-hmm. sure. Um, that you just you just don't always know what life's going to throw at you, and do I want to spend my time being angry at that or should I just find the positives in it and learn from it and move on? Yeah. Good point. Yeah. And it's hard because that was kind of one of my, uh, all in the same lines as one of my next questions I wanted to ask you was like, I don't, not to go in like a negative direction, but like how, what are a few things or what are some things that you wish the education just in general, education world, special education world, how there's gaps. I think mm-hmm. I think we could both probably name a few gaps. Not just South Campus. I'm not talking about like our school in, in mm-hmm. particular, just in general. What are some of those gaps and and what can we do or what's the conversation that needs to happen to make those gaps smaller and, and less of a divide? Yeah, I think um I I think educating uh, the general population about this rare population of, I mean, I do focus in on South Campus a lot because it's um, such a rare population of mm-hmm. students that come to us. Would agree. And and as hard as it is for that transition for those kids and the families, they, I would say, ninety five percent of families seem to be, and I don't. I don't know that statistic, but yeah. it seems that a lot of families are very happy once they are um, in our care because yeah. we accept all walks of life that walk in that door Absolutely. and we figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we don't shy away. We're not really afraid of anything. Yeah, There's nothing we haven't seen that we can't handle mm-hmm. or deal with and or figure out if we right. don't know how to. Yeah, exactly, and. Um, I think there needs to be, um, so like this, this, just for example, this, um, master's class that I'm in right now, I'm, I'm, there's only five of us in this class and four of them are brand new teachers, but they're all general education. I'm the only special education teacher. And, um, I think education in general, there needs to be more, um, collaboration with being able to work with all of the kinds of special ed that comes in and out of the door. And Mm -hmm. that's kids that push into mainstream, maybe part of the day or those that have, um, you know, maybe higher functioning disabilities in some way. And they're in mainstream all day long. How is that teacher going to be able to, um, bring knowledge to or educate that student if they've never had any training or right, any and and it usually knowledge. falls on the teacher then to look it up, research mm-hmm. it, figure it out on your own, which doesn't and happen. 
it, it, it's, <laughs> it, it does, it, but it it's does few and far because, between sometimes. Uh, well, right, and it's 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 something you have to do individually. Yeah, and um, it's above and or, beyond your Call of Duty sometimes. Right, like or or the kids fall through the cracks, and yeah, which you see more often than not. Right, and and that's so hard because I would I would hope that all educators are are in this to help others and to help students succeed. But if you think about, oh my goodness, preschool all the way to college level, there's a lot of kids. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of learning. And Mm -hmm. I don't feel that education gets enough support. Absolutely. Um, Especially public schools. Yep. Well, and, and that's like part of it too. I mean, it's obviously it's a complicated issue, but, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, your gen ed teachers, I mean, I know several of them that they have 30 to 40 kids in I their know. classroom. And and it, every hour. Yeah. So the How idea do you even get of to even know your kids. Exactly. And the idea of even taking time out of their day to work with one specific student that's having a struggle that's struggling with some sort of disability or yeah. um, you know, issue. Good luck. Yeah. Like Here you go. Do you change everything you do to help this one student? Right. And then you let the other ones just skate by or get, you know what I mean? Like, it's just not a simple thing. Right. This is another thing I keep saying is if it was simple, we would would already have a solution. You know, it's complex, but, um, and yeah, uh, I agree. I mean, we, we've talked about revolving doors. It's hard to keep people in a position where one, the pay isn't mediocre at best. Yeah. I mean, you can't (laughs) always live, live on it. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, I, until recently, I have always had two jobs, if not three. Mm-hmm. And it. Most people at South Campus yeah, have another job. Exactly. And if they don't, then they have someone that's in their life that's supporting them to. So right. That they don't have to. Right, exactly. And it. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I look at professional sports players mm-hmm. and how much they make. Mm-hmm. And what difference are they making in the lives of others? versus in education sure and holy cow like mm-hmm. teachers at best are 40 to sixty thousand a year yeah unless you go back to school right and but then there's pros and, and cons to some you, of those and too then you because have student loans to pay back yep. and, and then on top of that like even i've heard stories of people having trouble because you're overeducated to get the position that they want. So right. then they're in a different pay bracket because of the way the education system set up. Exactly. And so then they're less likely to get that job because they would rather hire the person that came straight out of school. They don't have to pay as much because then they have to go through, get their master's over time. And there's just a whole bureaucratic uh, uh, BS that. Yes. Have to go through. And then, and then you've got, you know, a NFL mm-hmm. player making millions. Yep. And I understand they work really hard, mm-hmm. but what impact are they actually making? Right. And I don't know. I. Mm, I it's I'm, fine. I, uh, I, I, uh, <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. That's the thing. There's just, a, there's a it ton just, of different. The priority mm. to me just seems, why wouldn't we want to educate our youth yeah. to become the people that are going to run our society? I, yep. Why, why would we not cradle that a little bit more and support it yeah and and find the money somehow to to make that happen absolutely and to keep teachers and i, I completely know. agree I, I think that it's just a shift i mean why do it's it's so true and 
I think there is, like you said, I, I would really like to think that most teachers are in it for the right reasons. But I think it's different in some of your gen ed classrooms or gen ed teachers than it is in our classroom and in in some ways like mm-hmm. in our school because again I think we naturally filter people out that aren't there for the right reasons mm-hmm. because if you're not why would you, well, you in some ways why you do you want to show up again <laughs> yeah or like why would you want to put yourself through that if that's not what you want like you didn't care about what you're doing right in some ways you know right. like we don't get paid well we get all sorts of stuff thrown at us mm-hmm. and so if you're not there for the students and you're there for the kids, then what are you there for? Right. And if you're not there for the right reasons, then why would you want to stick around and deal with some of that? Right. And go find another job. Mm-hmm. Go do it. Um, yeah. Where, not that other teachers couldn't do that, but I think that you could fall into that same pattern sometimes of just going with the flow and yeah, this is the way it is. And like everybody, we all do that. But. Oh, sure. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Um, when I was like 22... I had a friend who um, ran a group home mm-hmm. and he asked me if I, cause I was learning sign language and um, he had a, a deaf client in one of the homes and he's like, would you yeah. like a job? Cause I'll just yeah. hire you right on the spot. Yeah. And I walked in and this client right away started pulling my hair, throwing nail polish bottles at me, all this stuff. I walked out and never went back. Yeah. And what's so ironic about that <laughs> is what I do now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like that would have been no big deal. Yeah. You know, You're like, like, oh yeah. Like, yeah. Like I Normal got, a, like yesterday I got a toilet water bath. Oh, perfect. Like that was cool. Sweet. You know, wash my hair in the sink. Like it just like, eh, another day, like big yeah. deal. They yep. got, you know, the kid I got know, upset. I mean, Let's move on. I've said it and with. And we'll. We'll work it out. Yep. And... I've said it with, like, everybody that's been, <laughs> you know, from South Campus that's been on here. But it's like, yeah, you name the bodily fluid, we deal with it. Uh, it's true. And 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 then some. Right. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and, and some of you are like, I don't know what it that is. fluid was, but uh, yeah. let's and clean it, it up and get it out so of the way. It's so hard to even explain, <laughs> and, uh, um, like, in a day what what one does. I don't. I think I sat down today for, like, 10 minutes. Right. And the whole day. And, um well, and I've told it's people, fun. I've you tried to yeah. forget that like, oh my gosh, things just keep happening yeah. and you just have to go. I've told friends and family like stories and they're like, wait, that's in, that's at school. That <laughs> I'm like, yeah. yeah, it's just yeah. a little it's different. Just, you know? It is. It's yeah. hard to compute that sometimes. But. Yeah. But I think, I think, um, if we're in it that, um, I think these families deserve to have people in their life that are going to support and lift them up and, and love their kids. I think. Yep. Anybody at, that we work with that says they don't love at least one of our kids is oh, lying. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. Guess, yeah. They're so sweet. Yeah, They're the they best. Are. We can tell horror stories, but we can also tell all the sweet stories. But in the exactly. And the sweet stories are, I think, what they makes us come back every sure. day. Yeah. They, yeah. they like, they take over those bad moments for sure. Just mm-hmm. seeing the smiles on your kids' faces. Oh or, my gosh. I heard uh, uh, Kari, she texted me the other day and said, my, my buddy that I worked with every day, um, he was trying to log into the computer with my information that he oh. used to like log in with. Oh. And she asked him if he missed me. And he was like, Shane, please. Oh. And I was like, oh, my heart. Like, yeah. it hurts. But. Yeah. Well, Annie, I know you've got to get going. You got to get to your kids. I do. So Sammy has a baseball game. We've been, we've been talking last for a while. Last game of the season. Nice. Yeah. Well, 
I'm going to close this out here. All right. But thank you so much. Thank Is there you, Shane, you for say? having me. This was fun. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> thank you so much, honestly, for being here. And again, like, you're amazing. You're doing an amazing job. And I really respect you and I respect the, the work that you continue to put into special education as a teacher and the care and empathy that you continue to, like, just give. And also, it's contagious. When people see it, it's contagious. Other people want to do it. And I think that that's important for us to be those examples of doing good and making a difference. And even it's a simple little thing. So thank you, um, Shane. Absolutely. That's thank lovely. you so much for being here. And you all out there, remember, do good, make a difference. And we'll see you later. Peace.